Randy, and I will be your host for this episode of Infotainment. I will be your round mound of podcast sound, pound for pound, the best podcast around. I would like to welcome you, you, and especially you to the program today. This episode of the Peabody Award-winning uh, podcast for 2019. Not that Peabody, you don't know him. I was at the Renaissance Festival this last weekend, and of course, uh, it, it was the last week of the Renaissance Festival, and we got uh, poured on by the weather gods uh, for like 45 minutes to an hour awaiting and the friend who drove lost her cell phone to the uh, rain, which was not good. But we did get to see the oldest act there. I believe it is the oldest act there. Comedic act uh, called the Puke and Snot. <laughs> if you haven't been to the Renaissance Festival in Minnesota, yes, that's the name of the group. <laughs> And it, at the end of the program, they stated, if you like us, we're puke and snot. If you hated our act, we are Penn and Teller. <laughs> I have a friend who actually was at the very first Renaissance Festival and actually saw Penn and Teller perform here, which I do believe uh, on their show Fool Us that somebody brought that up that they had, I think they said that was their first act performing together was the at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. I do have the distinction of attending the Renaissance Festival two years in a row when I did live up in the Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota area. Uh, I went to see Michael the Mime both those years, and I was picked out of the audience to play the same part <laughs> in, in, on each of those years. Uh, he was taking a family uh, portrait. I forget how it exactly went, the, the gags and all that, but I was picked to play the same part of the family, <laughs> which I, what are the odds of that <laughs> happening? I do not know. I don't think Michael the Mime is there anymore, but this has been a lot of years ago. <clears throat> One of the uh, favorite foods of the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, well, this might be favorite food of most Renaissance festivals. I'm not sure how connected they are as far as food fare, but it is the uh, large turkey leg. And I remember liking them, and so I got one this year. It is down past the vegetable justice, uh, which I will talk about in a moment here. But my first bite of the turkey leg was like downing a whole uh, bottle of uh, salt at one time. <laughs> The rest of it was great, but uh, that first bite, uh, you definitely get a a sodium uh, uh, taste to it. <laughs> but it, it was a good, too many bones, but at least I got to sample that. 
and uh, uh, walking by vegetable justice. That is always a staple that I like to see at the Renaissance Festival. It is where a guy pokes his head out the hole in the uh, wall and insults people while they throw tomatoes at his head. (laughs) I wish they would find a way to microphone him uh, without getting it ruined during the performances because with the crowd noise and all that, it's sometimes hard to hear the punchline on these jokes. And also, when kids go up there, he can't be as rude as he is to the adults. And and uh, but this guy did a good did a good job. <laughs> One of the guys uh, wore a rather conservative T-shirt, and uh, he said, uh, "Sir, sir, I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you where Obama hid all your guns and." <laughs> He wasn't even throwing tomatoes, but he didn't notice that. And <laughs> and there's this huge pile of tomatoes right underneath him. Uh, <laughs> I noticed the uh, tomatoes were quite a bit smaller than they u- used to be. They used to rake them on uh, nails so they weren't like uh, you're pitching a solid tomato. But... <laughs> I always enjoy that. I often wonder if they should have one uh, for kids and one for adults, which would be good. I should have done this at the beginning of the program, uh, but I didn't. I would like everyone to please remember my podcasting member in crime who's uh, (laughs) been a guest on this show several times, C.J., who is going through some serious health issues at this time. So please keep him in your prayers if you have listened when he has been on. And uh, we've made several good shows together. I'm kind of at a crossroads on this podcast of what I want to talk about because do I want to continue with the Renfest uh, topic? Or do I want to talk about the Dave Chappelle Netflix special, which is called The Closer? It was on last night, so I watched that. And I think he's made a a lot of money. More money in a minute or a heartbeat than I've made in my life. And if you get offended by... What I just said, uh, he calls everyone uh, N-word, and I don't know, I, I'm tempted to say the word because he calls, uh, you know, white people that, black people that, and he is not very, uh, <laughs> Walmart is not as, uh, he calls uh, basically people who go to Walmart uh, kind of a, uh, white trash, broken dreams kind of uh, people. <laughs> I've shopped at Walmart, and uh, I live in the most diverse town in Minnesota. Well, we're labeled the biggest uh, sanctuary city in uh, uh, Minnesota, uh, Worthington. Uh, we have 
black, brown, yellow, any color in the spectrum. We even have high yellow black people here. He seems to get easily, not offended, but he's really trying to apologize to the LGBTQ, uh, <coughs> RSTUV, XYZ. By the end of my life, we'll probably have all the uh, letters of the alphabet assigned to something. <laughs> my, somebody will identify with uh, something totally bizarre. And trans people, he's really trying to hey, say he doesn't, uh, doesn't hate them. And he talks about a person who was uh, trans who... Uh, came up and said she really wanted to be a comedian and what really loved his work and whatever and uh, and he offered her uh, to open for him must have really made an impression upon him and she did but she, uh, she bombed of course she had just done some open stages I guess and but after that she sat in the first row and uh, was totally laughing uh, at his stuff and uh, uh, somebody got up and stood up and said her name really loud to catch everybody's attention and asked, uh, this was a, a trans uh, woman who, uh, <clears throat> and he says, does the... Uh, carpet match the drapes and she goes no there's no carpets but there's only hardwood floors <laughs> and had the place uh, just roaring and <laughs> turns out she was really funny and but she was really trolled on and wrote a really nice thing about dave Chappelle on twitter i guess she was really trolled uh by the uh LBGQ, uh, whatever it is, uh, community and trans people. And uh, after that, she committed suicide, which is uh, totally sad. And he really liked her, and he was going to help her move up in the stand-up comedy world. If Dave ever wants to come uh, shop at Walmart with me, I'm always open to it so he can see how uh, diverse uh, it is. If he wants to uh, perform here, we do have a, a great uh, memorial auditorium, which I'm sure he could fill. <laughs> and if you'd like to listen to uh, my special, uh, I did a podcast uh, not video, but uh, it was called, uh, uh, what was it called? It's been so long ago, but you can find it at randyms1.podbean.com. Uh, <clears throat> it is called Stand-Up Special Comedy Experience. The Stand-Up Comedy Experience. Or whatever, and I, uh, I have done a little bit at open stages in the cities, mainly at the Acme Comedy Company. So I'd have a beer with him, and uh, I would have no problem if he called me a uh, cracker. 
And, uh, <laughs> of course, I, I don't know. Uh, I have to pick which uh, cracker I identify with, whether it be a, a saltine, a Ritz, or a, a club cracker. But <laughs> maybe a, a saltine white trash uh, cracker. <laughs> As I do uh, occasionally shop at Walmart, so. <laughs> but very funny. Hopefully he'll do more specials and uh, come to Worthington to perform. I don't know how, well, uh, on one of his specials, he talks about his show, the, the, the Chappelle Show, and the uh, standards and practices people uh, asked him to come in, and they told him they didn't want him to use the word uh, faggot on the show. And uh, he's like, well, but he can say the I'll use this word. This is only the second time I've used this word. But he said, I can say the word nigger uh, all the day long on my show, but I can't use the word faggot. And, well, they don't want to be identified as that, that word. And he goes, well, I'm not a, I'm not a nigger either. <laughs> uh, you can hate me or whatever for saying that, but uh, he, that word is spouted by every uh, black comedian I've heard all the time on their shows. I guess because I'm white, I can't use that. But uh, I can call myself a cracker uh, as I identify with the white Caucasian uh, saltine cracker, uh, white trash cracker. So, and the only other time I used it was when my uh, mother, who was in her late 80s at the time, we were driving along, and uh, uh, we heard a, a, a blues song on the radio. And my mom, <laughs> when this word was in her day, that word was used a lot more, uh, and it wasn't considered the PC, politically correct crowd, cancel culture, or Me Too, whatever, deemed that unacceptable for white people to say. But she's when she heard that blues song, she goes, well, that's an old nigger tune. And I'm going, Mom, that's... <laughs> and that's way before I started hearing all these black comedians on Netflix or whatever use that term all the time. So don't blame the messenger. But very funny specials called The Closer, uh, supposedly his last one, you know, depending upon, uh, I'm sure Netflix will throw a lot more money at him and you'll probably see him uh, after a while and doing one again. But uh, I don't know uh, how much he does uh, individual clubs anymore. Because Jay Leno said that uh, he doesn't do Netflix specials because when he goes out to clubs, the people there, and he does uh, 
the material from the special. He goes, well, people have already heard it, which is true. I guess he has to have a different uh, kind of set for a club versus a Netflix special. So you're not just sitting out in the crowd there going, well, I heard this on Netflix last night. And, but maybe I'll watch the show again and kind of refine my thoughts on, on the uh, Dave Chappelle. When I first saw that come up, uh, whether I was uh, I was debating whether to watch that uh, his special on Netflix, uh, because sometimes he goes into Black History Month and uh, all this and the strife and uh, yeah, is, is he going to do that or is he going to be uh, throw some jokes in there too? But I decided to watch it and found it very funny. And the person who he thought was going to turn out to be a very good transgender comedian who killed herself, unfortunately, over some stupidity with internet trolls. He set up a trust fund for a kid, which was really nice. And at the age of 21, when he will present the money to her, he said, I I knew your father, and she she was a really nice woman. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) I remember one of the celebrity roasts on Comedy Central where uh, Caitlyn Jenner was uh, uh, on the uh, dais. I don't think she was the main one being roasted, but a lot of jokes were uh, thrown at him, her. Uh, but <laughs> And then there was something about sucking her dick. And he, or no, she, she said, I think she said, suck my dick if you can find it. So I guess it's a full, full transformation there. (laughs) Well, now, since Halloween is coming up, I'm going to tell you some really scary spine-tingling stories of people who have gone out in the woods to the woods, camping. These are six nightmarish true camping ghost stories for generations both old and new. Camping has been something loved by all. Camping and hiking are both great ways to break out of your city cycle for a week or two. For some of us, the best moments are around a campfire with a mug of cocoa and a bone-chilling tale of Bigfoot. Uh, Bigfoot doesn't believe in us either, according to a t-shirt in Estes Park, Colorado. But that's another story entirely. But what happens when these tales come to life? What happens when they begin to unfold in front of your very eyes? From strange noises to apparitions gliding silently through the trees, here are six of the greatest true camping encounters. 
a family uh, went out camping and a guy who was 11 at the time had trouble sleeping. The tent was so hot and uncomfortable. At around one or two in the morning, he heard a strange noise. Uh, no, that wasn't the noise he heard, but uh, they began to hear what sounded like a faint whimpering coming from somewhere in the distance. Sure, it was creepy, but they just shrugged it off and presumed it was an animal of some kind. But then it got louder and louder. Then it turned into crying. At this point, the boys are sitting up, eyes wide, but too scared to call for mom and dad. Then the footsteps began. They got closer until a little girl could be heard directly outside their tent with branches crunching in circles around them. It didn't die off. It got louder and louder and louder. And she stood at the same point around outside the tent the entire time. Indicates that she was looking directly at the boy's tent. It got worse. The cries turned into a scream. Which made both the boys sit up, petrified with fear. The scream lasted a few seconds and then cut out. They both stuffed their head into their pillows and left the next day. What happened to this little girl? One only wonders. The Appalachian Trail. The Appalachian Trail has always been something of a dare more than a hike. Supposedly one of the most haunted Native American sites in the world. It has produced some pretty horrific tales. One of the best tales consists of two brothers taking on the dare in 2007. They were enjoying their hiking trip until they hit a particularly crooked tree that just looked out of place. Then they noticed a man hanging from one of the branches. They sprinted up to him, and one brother held his legs while the other cut the rope with his pocket knife. He was icy cold and clearly dead, but they thought it was wrong to leave him there. So one called 911 and went down the trail to meet them. Upon his return, the second brother came sprinting down the hill. Ashen feared. He vomited as soon as he reached them and managed to splurt out the bodies gone. So the police went to investigate. When the group arrived at the spot, the body was left. All they found was a gnarled-looking old stump. But where was the body? This is not the first time the hanging man in the Appalachian Trail has been encountered, and definitely not the last. The Cabin in the Woods 
a young couple had rented a huge riverside cabin up in North Michigan for the night. There were rumors of the site being haunted, but they decided to brave the night and ignore the gossip. They were just tucking in for the night when they heard a huge cracking sound that erupted from the black of the forest. They assumed some old tree had a branch snap or something of the sort. They left the living room and went to bed. But the guy returned to the living room and turned off the lights after forgetting. It was then he noticed a strange light coming through the window. It was abnormally strong. Then it began to pulse. The light intensified throughout the night. At one point, you could read a book. Then a strange humming came from the back of the house. It sounded like a woman humming a nursery rhyme. The couple ran for the door, but just as they opened it, the light died and the humming stopped. They stayed up until the sun rose, and then they fled without hesitation. They were no more noises reported through the night apart from the loud sound of cracking. Uh, maybe it was something else. Damn! All you do is smoke weed. <laughs> oh. A blue threat. A group of friends began their night by walking just outside this strange-looking circle of cabins. It was a bright night, uh, more than normal, with all the stars shining and the moon being well lit. There was a campfire in the center of the cabins, and obviously some kind of party going on in another. But as they walked up, they had a strange chill climb both of their spines. They turned towards the to see and check for a strong wind or breeze, and to their horror, they saw a large blue figure about seven foot tall gliding through the trees. It was silent and emitting a dim blue glow. They yelled at the figure, Who are you? But it did not even turn towards them. It simply began to glide out of view until it was completely gone. Terrified, the friends ran back to camp to find one of the friends, white and wide-eyed, proclaiming that he had just seen that very figure walking into the distance. A glowing blue figure. Who could that be? There is an old log cabin on a lake in the north woods. It is a lake with zero public access. Opposite the house is an old girl's camp that was falling apart and directly in the center was an old two-story main house. One day, a couple decided to go and check out the camp. Uh, one day, so they grabbed a canoe, crossed the lake, and went directly to the main house. They explored for a little while and stopped in their tracks by the sound of heavy footsteps coming above them. 
Slowly, they sped up and headed towards the staircase that led to the level the couple was on. They ran for it, but instead of heading back to the canoe, they went straight into the forest. Then they heard footsteps storming after them all the way from the house and into the forest. It wasn't long before they reached home, but they never saw who or what was chasing them. Two guys decided to go out in the forest and fish around a particularly secluded lake. One was from the city and never spent any time in the woods at night. At around 10.30 p.m., they set off armed with their fishing poles and flashlights. On their way to the lake, they both heard something walking in the pitch black part of the woods directly to their left. One of the guys had spent a lot of time around this lake and managed to convince his buddy it was just a deer, but the other was sure he was, saw something stand on two legs. Excuse me while I take, take a drink of an adult beverage. Trust me, I'm I'm scared out of my gourd right now. Aren't you? Uh, let's see. Stand on two legs. So they climbed over a fence into a fishing farm. But then something else began to climb the fence. A deer cannot climb fences. Yeah, if you see a deer climbing a fence, that might be a little unusual. They both turned and shone the light behind them at the thing following, and what they saw made them sprint, head out screaming. Uh, at the nearest light, they ended up finding a house and smashed on the door until they could get an answer. An old man answered them and let them in the house. After conveying the full story, the man agreed and told them, that this is not the first time that this has happened here, and it will not be the last. We gave them a lift home, and they spoke about the thing in the woods all the way back. To this day, nobody will speak of what they saw, and the locals keep it a secret. Well, that ends my scary tales for this episode of this podcast. I would like to say um, thank you for everyone who listens to this program. And hopefully you are having a good day. And if you are so inclined, you can make a donation to this podcast at randyms12 at gmail.com. You can also... Check out my Facebook page under infotainment, which has some pictures of my trip to Colorado. And I should put up a little video of that. Uh, but I think we are going to pop and drop this program uh, like it's hot, of course. Initiating shutdown sequence. Now I think it is time to warp drive this
podcast to the interwebs. You can check out my Facebook page. You can tweet my Twitters at Randy Podcaster. You can email me a comment at randyms12 at gmail.com. Question or concern about this show? Tell me you like it, dislike it, hate it, (laughs) whatever. But if it is good and say an under 10 minute read, I might read it over the air. But as always, have a pleasant day today and a happy ending tonight. Thank you.